Welcome to another exciting episode of the Between Sermons podcast. I am hosting today. I am Joni Bishop, the Digital Ministry Director here at CLC, and we have Pastors Brent and Pastor Soul with us today. So we are in the middle, now we're in the middle because we just started a brand new series on relationships called... Marriage on the Rocks. rocks. Love on the Rocks. Oh, yes. But it's 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 kind of it's a play love. on words a little bit because it's love on the, on the rock and the s is kind of like in parentheses. It is in parentheses. Is that so. the thing that that is? Yeah. So That's the thought the behind the yeah. so thought it, behind the series. Yeah. Thought behind it is you know a lot of times uh, people's uh, relationships they hit some rocky patches. Uh, you know, love on the rocks, marriage on the rocks is kind of a, a common saying. However, if we build our marriage, if we build our relationships on the rock of Scripture, the rock of Jesus, uh, we're, we've got a sure foundation. Yep. So. Absolutely. So um, if you happen to catch yesterday's service, you will notice it was a little bit different. We had a Q&A with Pastor Brent and Pastor Soul. Um, the beautiful, ever wonderful Taisha Beasley led that conversation yesterday. And so with part of that service, we invited the congregation to submit their questions for Pastor Brent and Pastor Soul. Now, I have to say, between both of the services, we received well over 100 questions. That's a lot of questions. So yeah. we also made the promise of, hey, any questions we don't get to today, we will answer on this week's episode of the between sermons podcast so welcome to the first eight so hour welcome. <laughs> um, it is a marathon get ready make sure you have snacks and drinks you hydrate well stretch yes. beforehand take breaks yes. it's important yes. hit pause come back take later stretch your legs yes, absolutely so um, we do have um we've kind of pared down the list a little bit we've taken some of those questions that are very similar we've grouped them together trying to give it just a, a little bit better of a flow for today so i think we're going to try to tackle 25 questions today yep so buckle up get ready yep the first uh, but, category. But before we do that, the, the, there are some questions that we're going to hold off for oh, yes. uh, other episodes because there were some that were like very um, single specific. Like, mm-hmm. what do I do as a single person? How do I handle this as a single person? And in the last uh, message series, we're actually going to be interviewing our some of our singles of the church and getting their thoughts on those things. And we'll do the same Q&A with them. And then Wonderful. there was a lot of questions that I wouldn't say like soul and I aren't qualified to answer, but that had such a counseling, um, nature, nature to them, kind of edge to them. And we're actually next week is going to be really cool. We've actually got several couples from our marriage counseling department, uh, that are going to be answering questions. And so we're going to save some of those questions for Mm -hmm. them. So that hundred questions, we answered some on Sunday, then we pared down, got rid of the duplicates. Then we sent the singles questions to the singles, sent the counseling questions to the counselors, and we are left with a beautiful 25. I love beautiful. numbers that are just so yes. easy to manipulate. Love it. Yeah. So today, yes. on today's episode, it. our first subject up is marriage challenges and conflict resolution. So we received a ton of questions in this category. I do believe this was our most populated category of questions. Um, We had just a ton there. So these questions were dealing with betrayal, growing apart, emotional or physical cheating, biggest arguments, vulnerability, the list goes on and on. So fun stuff. We're going to get started not with the easy ones. We are going to just jump in there, get going. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. First question up that we have for today. How can couples deal with anger and ensure forgiveness before sleeping? So, <laughs> scripture tells us, hey, don't go to bed angry. Yeah. What, what does that look like for you guys? What, do, what should we be doing? That is a great question uh, for us, us to answer because we struggled with that one early on. Mm-hmm. And there was, uh, there was definitely some early days where uh, we, we both wanted to live that out. Uh, and so <laughs> there were some very late nights 
There's also some nights where like one of us would totally fall asleep and the other one would just like slap him and be like, no, we got to yeah, deal with this thing. Angry. With uh, love. Like it wasn't like a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was more like a, a love tap. wake up. Yeah. Well, when you're dead asleep, that doesn't feel very feels, loving. <laughs> feels a little jarring. Well, even now, I like, think if now you wake you can, me up, I, I don't feel love. I think everybody can guess which one of us was getting woken up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that it, it really is a great principle. Um, you know, the, the pillow is not your friend uh, is, is probably the best uh, advice that I can give. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people think, well, I'll just, you know, I'll go to bed. It'll be fine in the morning. But it, it isn't because you end up laying in bed. You're thinking about it. Yeah. You're, you're running through all the arguments. You're you're thinking through, you know, what's your comeback going to be if mm -hmm. they say this and I'm going to say that. And, and and there's a lot of times like I would even notice my wife would go to bed kind of angry, but like a couple hours later, she was like really angry. And I'm like, I haven't even been in there. Like I didn't even do anything. Uh, and, and so it, it really is better to deal with stuff. Now there, there, you're not always going to be able to come to a great conclusion to the fight unless you're staying up all night. Uh, and I don't necessarily recommend that either, but I feel like you've at least got to start the conversation and get it to yeah. a place where it says, okay, you've got your thing. I've got my thing. Are we okay to go to bed on this? And and we can talk more about it in the morning. I, I think that's okay. Um, and and I would say, and I would say that it is not just about nighttime you know it is not about just going to bed i think that the principle should be really to not just dwell on things for a long time yeah because like if you if you uh got in an argument at seven o'clock in the morning you know like it is not like you're I'm waiting until yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. so like i think that it is uh at least for me the more time that i have to start thinking about it and to try yeah. to come up with an answer and to start just playing all of the crazy scenarios yeah. in my head the bigger the thing gets, like we could be fighting over something that it is not uh, as big or as as uh, you know as important. Still, it's still an argument. But the more I think about it, the more then I I explode this thing, and it is not just about the issue itself. But then I'm like, well, it's just that he doesn't love me and he doesn't value my opinion, and, and then it is just all of these other things yeah, that start coming in my head. Like, how do we get from there? From from exactly. he didn't take out the trash to he doesn't love me. Like, where did that happen? Yeah. Exactly. And I think that the more that you just spend time thinking about it and dwelling about it, the worse that that your mind will get things. Yeah. So yeah. I think that it is not just about. No, PM good. and AM it is about how much time you are giving yeah. in your head to meditate on on the issues yeah. and yeah. I think that's that that's a big thing and I, I got a feeling we're going to come back to this as the answer for a lot of these conflict resolution things it's just talk about it like you've you've yeah. got to communicate you've got to talk mm -hmm. uh when there's these conflicts when there's these fights it's because you didn't talk when you needed yeah. to yeah uh and so don't let things simmer um mm -hmm. you know talk it out yeah, and, and and I think that I said it I said it a little bit yesterday, but really I think that everything comes to you have to agree and work on creating a, a, a space that is safe for you to be able to express how you're feeling. Oh, yeah. Because if every time that you say, Hey, I don't feel appreciated or hey, I don't feel like you're listening or hey, I don't feel whatever it is that you're not feeling, if every single time you're gonna have somebody to just be snarky or sarcastic or you're going to uh, find out that the answer of from that other person it is a jab uh, against everything that you say 
then that is never going to create a culture of you can come to me and talk to For me sure. about stuff. So I think that you have to start establishing that culture of I'm going to listen. I'm not just going to judge. I'm not going to just trying to explain myself uh, yeah. in, in a way that is just excuses. But to really receive this stuff, listen to where you're coming from and try to figure out how can we get past this. Uh, yeah. And I think that that is going to help with a lot of stuff, because even with with this, this specific question, how do you pass the anger? It is by being able to express how you're feeling. I think that it is healthy to be able to say, I feel angry, I feel disappointed, I feel whatever it is that, that, that it is um, big for you at the moment. But if you don't feel safe or if you don't feel comfortable being able to say those words, then there's some work that you need to do before you can really accomplish that don't go to better angry. I love it. Yeah. So I don't even know if this is a good answer for this question or maybe a different question. But um, one of the like the the saddest moments in our marriage early on was uh, we had just had a fight. We just kind of argued about something. Can't even remember what it was. Probably something silly. Uh, But Sol looked at me and she said, "Um, every time we, we argue, you make me feel like I'm stupid. And I don't know if you remember that moment, but I remember that moment like vividly because it was it was in that moment that it was like, that is never the way I want my wife to feel in expressing her thoughts and her opinions to me for me to turn around and make her feel stupid. Uh, and, and I knew where that was coming from. It was, you know, back in the I always had to fight for everything. I'm the youngest. I had to argue my way and I had to win arguments. And I realized that's what I was doing in marriage. I was approaching it the same way. And if, and if I could tear her apart, it would tear her argument apart. Um, and it was, it was such an eye opening moment and it, it really, it broke something in me that I was just, I was devastated that that was the feeling I was leaving my wife with when we were having disagreements. And so from that moment on, it was like, okay, I need to, I need to fight differently. Like I, yeah. I need to, I need to have conversation with my wife in a way that it yeah. lifts her instead of tears her down. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to yell at that moment, same team, same team, like, Hey, yeah. we, we have the same goals. We have the same purposes. We're working yeah. towards the same thing here. Absolutely. Yep. You are fighting for yeah. your spouse. Yeah. You're not yeah. fighting with your spouse. 100%. You know, when you're just attacking each other it, who to, to figure out who's going to come at the top right. on this on this argument, yeah. you're going at it the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah. Like, when, it, once you get to that point of, hey, I'm going to win this argument, you're you're already you're already, you're already lost. lost. Absolutely. You're already lost. I, I, you have to fight for each other. The, yeah. the, the goal of every single argument should be how can we get better out of this? Like, this yeah. is how I feel. But how can we overcome that? Yes. You know, so it, it is a different mindset. It's a different perspective. And in, in, in when uh, when you're arguing, knowing that you are going at it, knowing that exactly what you said, we are on the same team and we want the same thing. Yeah. Wow. So that, that was a fantastic answer to how couples deal with anger and ensure forgiveness before sleeping. So I, um, I, I love that thought there of just not letting things fester. So that can apply not to just marriage relationships but to so many relationships in life in general so no, that's great so what would your advice be for spouses who feel like they are growing apart start doing the little things that you did in the beginning I think that there's a lot of times that we feel like well I, I am already married you know I already have my spouse it's okay for me to just take a, a year off and I don't have to do anything else to to get closer together but the same thing that drew you to to that person still in there so you just have to allow yourself to rediscover all of the beautiful things that your partner has so if 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 in the beginning you start doing love notes do love notes again 
You know, if, if you were going out to, to the movies and that was some, something that you both cherished, start doing that again. I think that a lot of times we grow apart because we're not intentional in mm -hmm. keeping the connection. It's yeah. keyword right there, intentional. Yeah. 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 The only thing I would add to that is um, two parts. Is One is the communication piece. We're going to hit that so much. It's going to be the dead horse in the conversation. <laughs> They're going to be like boring. Yeah, you got to talk. Say yeah, you got to communicate. If you feel like you're drifting apart, if one of you feels like you're drifting apart, bring it up. Bring it up in a conversation. Talk about yeah. it. Find out why you feel that way because that's a, that's a feeling, but there's a cause to it. Yeah, and so yeah. get to the root of it, get to the cause of it. Uh, and then the second thing is you've got to spend time together. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it amazes me how little time some couples actually spend together. Uh, and it's like, yeah, but we're in the same house. And it's like, yeah, but you're on your side of the house. They're on their side of the house. Like you're roommates at this point. Like you have kids together. And so you're still in the house. But like, yeah, you're absolutely going to grow apart if you're not spending time together. Yeah. Uh, and so whatever that has to look like, if that's date nights, if that's going grocery shopping together, if that's doing dishes together, if that's, you know, taking a, a, a day and it's like, hey, this is the day that we, we spend these hours together doing whatever you like, whatever I like, whatever we want to do together just spend time together because yeah. I think that that's what what happens is uh, they stop spending time together and then that that's when they feel that drift yeah. and it's like I, I barely even know you anymore it's like yeah. well you haven't seen me all week so yeah probably yeah I think that it is also sharing you know sharing what's in your heart like the good the bad the ugly you know that you had a bad day at work share it yeah. you had a, a, a great moment you found something that was funny like share all of the things that are in your heart because if you are spending time together but with conversations that are su super superficial you know like how's the weather and <laughs> like like oh i made dinner this is, you know there's stuff that it is not substantial yeah then yeah. of course you're gonna grow apart because you don't really know what's happening inside of that person's life yeah so i think that it is not just being together in the same room and talking about whatever but it is also sharing the yeah. your dreams your frustrations uh you know the good the bad the ugly yeah. like it, yeah. it is about getting to know that other person that yeah. it is gonna make you feel like we are in this together mm -hmm. and i actually know who you are and that is gonna bring you closer together like it has to right yeah absolutely <laughs> and and also if you are that person who feels like you're growing apart from your spouse taking that that active role in sharing and yeah. being vulnerable and opening up and allowing your spouse to see those yeah. sides of you that maybe you don't feel like are seen yeah so intentionality I like it. Yeah. And, and uh, I love what you had said about, uh, you know, your dreams, because I, I think that it's important to continue dreaming together. I think that there's a lot of conversations around dreams and plans and goals for the future when you're dating, when mm. you're newlyweds. And then yeah. all of a sudden you get kind of in that rut of life and yep. it's like, well, I'm, I don't know what my dream is. I'm going to retire at some point. Like, <laughs> but just having those dream moments of like, man, I would love for our family to be able to say this or do this or go here or you know, find those those moments where you can you can have your dreams and then find ways to support each other in those dreams of saying, yeah. OK, if this is something that's on your heart. Let me let me help you pursue that. Yeah. And in that, I don't know, in that mutual like we're, we're both trying to achieve something together. I think that that forces people to come together. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Build that team, that team mentality. Let's do it. All right. So a little bit of a departure of a question, but how should emotional or physical infidelity be addressed in marriage? Uh, with counseling uh, immediately um, that, yeah, that's, that's one of those that I, I think next week we'll be able to address even, yeah. even better. Uh, but infidelity of any kind is not something you should uh, ignore or just kind of sweep under the rug. It, it's something that absolutely has to be addressed head on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, infidelity 
it can be so much more than sex. Uh, and I think that that's, that's the, that's the challenge that I think some people have is that they, they get comfortable with some relationships, some things that are, it's unfaithfulness. You know, yeah. when, when your spouse is supposed to be the one that you go to for counsel, for advice, for help, for camaraderie, for, uh, the dreams, for all of that. If you replace that person with someone else, you may not be sleeping with them, but you've, you've become unfaithful. Um, and you're giving uh, an emotional connection. You're giving um, access to a side of you to somebody other than your spouse. That's not good. That's not healthy. Yeah. Uh, and so these things that, that you've got to, there's, there's no, man, for me, the, the level of grace in those situations is really low. It's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to figure this thing out. We're going to address this quickly. Um, yeah. And I think that you need a third party. To, to help you do that yeah I think that um, that that's a hard one because that is so so deep in the heart you know yeah. and like that's what the Bible says like even if you look at a person with lust you already committed adultery in your heart uh, so like it really is a matter of the heart so I think that there's a lot of healing that needs to happen yeah. there has to be a lot of grace extended yeah. um, Knowing that I, I feel like sometimes we say I would never <laughs> right, mm -hmm. but it is not until you are put in, in a situation that you didn't expect to be yeah. so always knowing that you have to extend grace because we're all humans and we can all fall in so many different ways um, to just just work for for that restoration and, and for that and for that uh, marriage to to be better again because I think that it can happen you know yeah. so I, I think that there's yeah. healing that it is available but yeah, it, but it is it is gonna take a lot yeah. and it is not just a, I am sorry and move on like it is yeah. gonna take work yeah. it is gonna take work to restore trust it is gonna be a, a work to restore um, the the level of of intimacy that you have with your with yeah. your spouse uh, I, I, I I have not experienced it personally, but I can only imagine, yeah. you know, the the pain that you have to walk through to get to the other side. Yeah. So I think that you have to to extend grace and you have to lean on God. You have to hold on to God and say, God, this is we, we are committed to make this work again. Show us how to do it. Yeah. And that's when the third party definitely has to be a part of it somebody that can give you the tools and the resources to do it but i i will just want to say that something that we have done in order for us to try to stay above all of that stuff is uh, i never even have a text conversation with somebody of the opposite sex just the two of us like i always have my husband in it like does he have to know anything about this probably not but he's still gonna be in the text in the, in the text thread you know, yeah. and nine out of 10 times, I just tell him, hey, I need to tell this to Pastor Asa. Can you tell can you text him? You know, it is yeah. it is uh, something that sometimes feels like it's a lot to ask for another person to do or it feels like it's just silly. It is just it is just a coworker. I just need to text him real quick. But you never know what one conversation can lead. So. Even if it's silly to you, yeah. it might it, it might guard you yeah. in, in ways that you don't even know. 
Yeah. Yeah. Soul ends up in a lot of text message groups and she's like, why did you text me? <laughs> it's like, eh, just safety net. Uh, and, and, and I think that there's something so vital about having that transparency with each other. Oh, yeah. uh, like uh, Soul and I, we don't just know each other's passwords. We share the same password for like our phones and stuff. Like it's one of those where it's, it's crazy to me how people are so secretive and all that with their cell phones. And it's like, man, I, that's just, silly to me um there needs to be some transparency some vulnerability uh but yeah back to the the actual question um i i just want to make sure that the whoever is asking it knows that there is hope yeah uh that that relationship can be restored um i know several pastors or several people um you know in in our church that that we've counseled through and they there's actually some that are now on the other side of it and they're helping other couples mm. um heal from infidelity because they know what it takes yeah to heal yeah. from it because they experience it themselves uh and and the thing that all every single one of them will say is it takes work yeah. like it, it's not something that you can just sweep under the rug it's not yeah. something you can just say sorry for one time trust was broken uh and trust being broken it takes a long time to restore it yeah, takes yes. a long time to, to, to bring it back it takes a lot of work and it does require a level of transparency and vulnerability that is going to be uncomfortable yeah. uh but that's the price you pay right. for what you did. Yeah. 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 So healing and reconciliation is possible, but it is a process. It, it takes work. And recognizing that you're going to have to put some work in. Yeah. Probably establish some new boundaries. And yes, but, but it is it is possible. Yeah. And it's worth it. Right. It is I worth mean, it. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. So um, kind of leading out of that, what would you say? What circumstances might be um, considered acceptable to divorce in a Christian context? Yeah, so um, in a Christian context, uh, there's there's what's called the four A's. I am 100% on board with three of the four A's. The fourth A, I'm kind of in a nebulous spot, and I don't know if you're familiar with these or not, but anyways, it's so it's um, uh, adultery, uh, abuse, abandonment, and then the fourth one that I'm kind of on board with, depending on how you define it, is addiction. Um, and so biblically speaking, um, abandonment and um, um, uh, adultery clearly laid out in scripture if either of these things happen divorce is uh, acceptable and and most likely the i don't know the the right thing in that moment depending on circumstance situation stuff the uh, um abuse side of things if so there's some passages that talk about uh things that god hates and in there he talks about how he hates uh divorce but ties it into all of these hates against violence like he hates it when uh, when the strong overpresses other. Like I, I've, I've got to find the, the scripture, but there's several things that he lists out of things that he hates, and it's all circulating around violence. And so, when there is abuse, when there is violence uh, against a spouse, I would make the argument that it's clear grounds for uh, divorce uh, that would be acceptable in a Christian um, conversation. Um, I would even stretch that to say that that abuse doesn't even have to be physical abuse. Uh, because you can you can have violence against somebody emotionally. Yes. Um, and there's even That's we've we've yeah. talked to somebody uh, about this here recently that there was financial abuse happening in in the family. It was uh, the husband was holding on to the money in a way that it became abusive against the wife. And if if she wanted to be able to purchase anything or do anything with the money, there was hoops that he was requiring her to jump through. And it was like, man, this is a this is a, a form of abuse. 
Uh, and so, yeah, for, for me, those three, absolutely. The questionable one is the addiction side and it's sometimes that addiction can create abandonment. So then it would be, yeah, but, uh, other times that addiction, man, that person needs you in their life to help you through it so yeah. much that to leave them in that moment, like I get it, but man, it just, that sucks. Yeah. And so for me, that's just, that's the gray one. That's, that's the gray that's area because like, I know some people that have gone through addiction issues and because the spouse stayed in the husband was able to, or the, the whoever was that was in the addiction was able to find recovery. Uh, and it would, if that person had left them almost guaranteed, yeah. um, there would have been self-harm or there would have been something else drastic that would have added to the, the, the issue. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hard place to be in. Uh, I would. I would say that in any of those cases, you should not be taking advice from a podcast <laughs> on what to do. Uh, I think with yes. all of those, you need to yeah. actually have a conversation face to face with your pastor and with yes. a, a counselor. With somebody Absolutely. that will know your specific situation, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's it, it's hard because for us as as pastors the, the thing that we will like the most you know is to see marriages be restored and, and thriving you know to see yeah. broken broken relationships being just brought together by god and oh, just yeah. see the miraculous happen but i understand that there's times that that is not a possibility like in the in the moment so it yeah. is it is hard it is hard yeah. i i had a situation well, th with a person that that i love very much and this person had already tried to commit suicide twice because of being in this in this marriage and and she was telling me you know like i know what the bible says about marriage and none of that is happening mm. in my marriage but i just can't be here anymore so she had already tried to you know to kill herself twice so it was one of those that is like if i if i divorce like will god be mad at me and it was one of those it was one of those things that i had to look at her and say I think that he will care more about you staying alive, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so you never know, you never know what is happening. So don't, yeah. don't just make a, a, well, they said this in the podcast, so I am <laughs> good to go. Uh, really evaluate where your relationship is. Is there, is there any glimmer of hope that you can say, if we really work on this, we can make it on the other side. Yeah. And if you can work on it, yeah. I believe that your relationship um, yeah. is worth fighting for, you yeah. know, it, it, I think that it really should be like the last resort. Yeah. The world is way too fast to jump yes. to divorce. And sadly, I think that the Christian world is, is not that <laughs> much better. Looking at stats. Uh, right. Like it, it mm -mm. seems a little, a little scary yeah. uh, to be honest. So yeah, as a pastor, my hope, my goal for every marriage is that until death do us part is legit. Yeah. Uh, it's real. Um, but as somebody that's, that's sat with people yeah. that are hurting, um, there, there have been conversations that I've had with people where I've said, I think that you guys need to divorce. Uh, and that is or the at least hardest. Or at least separate for a little right. bit. Right. And, and that honestly, like as a pastor, that is the hardest conversation. That's the hardest thing for me to say, to know God hates divorce, to know that this is destroying something beautiful. And yet to see people that are in a place where it's like, that really is the only way out. And so, yeah, I hate divorce. I don't want anybody listening to this to say, mm -hmm. all right, let's go get divorced. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. I, there are there are exceptions to the rule, uh, but the vast majority of people are not the exception. The rule's there for a reason. Don't get divorced. Yeah. Makes sense. 
These are so heavy. I know. So I told you we were starting off with the heavy hitting ones. We're we're starting off with the heavy hitting ones. Hopefully we'll (laughs) we'll make it a little bit easier as we go on. So um, not letting up yet, though. How can you forgive a spouse who is unsupportive during significant life events? So I I'll give a little bit of context behind the question that I believe this is referencing. So um, a woman submitted a question saying she recently had a baby. And her husband has not been supportive since she has had the baby. So she's not really sure how to forgive him and how to move forward in, in this. And it, it sounds, sounded like from the way the question was worded that this isn't the only instance that she's, yeah. she's seen that. So Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll do. I am so sorry for what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Soul, for being the loving response because <laughs> I'm going to give the pastoral response. Uh, so two things. One, it's the dead horse. You got to communicate. You've got to talk this out. Um, you you can't let him know your feel that you can't let him stay in the dark on what you're feeling. And so if you're feeling like he's abandoned you, if he's not supportive in this, if he's not, you know, carrying his weight, um, then you absolutely need to talk talk it through. Uh, for the the guy, if he happens to be listening, dude, man up! Like mm. you take responsibility. Like the. It is not her job to raise the child. It's your job together. Uh, it's not her job to change the diapers. It's your job together. Uh, like, just figure this thing out, but stop mm-hmm. being a deadbeat. Uh, and that's the, the harsh pastoral thing. Now, on the other side of that, uh, how do you forgive him when he's doing that? The Bible just tells you to forgive. It doesn't tell you to forgive if. Yes. And so his side of this actually has no bearing on your responsibility to forgive and that is the suckiest thing about forgiveness uh because it really it really is hard uh and it's hard on the christian yeah um to to be in a place where this person does not deserve your forgiveness um and if this situation is as extreme as it seems or sounds then they don't deserve forgiveness in this but they're deserving of forgiveness and you're giving of forgiveness. And our call to forgive. Are, they're, they're two they're, separate things. Yep. And so we forgive because Christ forgave us. Yeah. Like we forgive because scripture tells us we must forgive if we are As going we to be forgiven. forgiven. Yep. In fact, the Bible says several times, like if, if you've got an issue with somebody, don't even worship me. I mean, that's what we have to understand of that. That text is, you know, it says if you're coming to bring your offering, Mm-hmm. And you realize you have something against a brother, leave your offering right there and go and make amends, like go and, yeah. and forgive yeah. that situation. You have to understand that that offering, that's an act of worship, which is the highest thing that we can do to God on this earth is to worship him. And he's saying, I don't even want your worship if you're not in forgiveness with others. Yeah. Uh, and so for God to say, don't worship me until you figure out this forgiveness thing, that's like it matters. That's a big deal. Like that's, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the command, the instruction for you is to forgive. It's, it's not up to him to do something first. Yeah. Uh, our forgiveness is, is the first response and that's not easy. And I don't know that I have great advice for how to do that. I think the best advice I can have, it's, it's what I've done, uh, is I just think about how much God has forgiven me and how much I didn't deserve it. Yeah. Uh, and then I just, I reciprocate that to others. There was a situation in my life where somebody was just a jerk to me and I was ready to tear mm-hmm. them a new one. Uh, and it was like, the Holy Spirit was like, I need you to go and forgive them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, they need to come and forgive mm-hmm. me. You're the Holy Spirit. You're in the wrong person right now. You're like, you're speaking to the wrong mind. You're supposed to be telling that guy to come and forgive me. And the Holy Spirit apologize was just like, to you, you mean? yeah, to come and, for, uh, and apologize to me. 
and and uh and it was like no no brent you need to go you need to tell that guy you're sorry i'm like but i didn't do anything wrong i'm not the sorry one and yeah it was uh it was a rough situation and i will say that on the other side of the coin um make sure that you're looking at the full picture because sometimes our feelings are not true and you might not be feeling supported Ansel. Uh, because you were expecting something specific. But in reality, there's some support there or some effort, yeah. you know. So I, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that, that you're in the wrong or anything. I'm just saying evaluate the whole thing yeah. because sometimes the way that we feel and the reality are two different things. Yeah. So, so look at the whole picture. Are they actually trying to put some effort yeah. that you have not accounted for just because you are already you were already on ten, yeah. you know? And they started to try to do something, and you're like, no, it's too late. I don't, I don't, I don't want your help anymore because I wa when I wanted it, yeah. you were in there. Um, look at all of those things because sometimes we just tend to grab our feelings and run with them, yeah, and don't look at the things that have been done along the way. Yeah. So, so don't just make a blank statement without actually looking at everything. And it may be that you are 100% correct, but you might look and say, well, they kind of tried over here and they kind of tried over there. Yeah. And maybe yeah. I was the one, you know, like there were a lot of times that I was like, nobody's helping me around the house and they leave me all of the work. And I realized that every single time that they were trying to help, I was like, well, not like that. I'm going to have to redo it anyway. So just stop touching it. And then I was the one that pushed them to not do anything and then complain about the fact that they are not doing anything. Mm. So <laughs> you're speaking from experience, huh? So yes. So like <laughs> it could be that that's where you are at the moment yeah. that th when the support was trying to come, you were saying no, no, yeah. no. And when they yeah. put their hands off, you're like, nobody's doing anything to help me. Yeah. Uh, it could be that, you yeah. know, so yeah. so look at the whole picture uh, in, 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 and see if there's anything that you could have done better, yeah. communicated better. Or, or just even just yeah. accept it and just said, okay, they tried. <laughs> Thank right? you for trying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th I think that the, that's a beautiful example from our own marriage uh, where there's been a lot of times <laughs> when soul has been upset at me for not doing stuff. And it's like, but I tried to, and you told me I did it wrong. And then, and then I kicked you out. And then you told me to leave <laughs> and stop. And I'm like, so, but no, like seriously, as a guy, there are times when I want to help, but I don't know how. Yeah. Like there, and it's it, I don't know if it's the way my brain works, the way my eyes work, or something. Like there have been times when Soul's like, "Can you just clean up downstairs?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And I look around the house and I'm like, "It's clean. <laughs> like all the stuff's put away. Like, what is she wanting me to do?" And so I have to go back to her and be like, "Okay, so I'm not trying to get out of the job, but when you say can you clean up downstairs, what do you mean by that?" And then she'll come down. She'll be like, "Okay, you need a vacuum. You need a mop. You need to wipe down that table. You need to put away those things. You need to wash those dishes." And I'm like, "Oh wow, there's a lot of stuff to do down here." But the first time I looked, I I'm promised to God, I didn't see any of those things as being needed to be done. It was just it wasn't the way my brain processed the the moment. And so, Soul has kind of learned over the years that she needs to give me specific instructions, and I love her for it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds to me like communication keeps coming up. So communication, yeah. communication, yeah. also communication. communication. Yeah. So a lot of times the answer to the next twenty-two questions. <laughs> communication. Get ready for it. Hold on. Communication. We're still gonna take one hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I as you guys are talking about that, it, it just makes me think about how so many conflicts. Even like looking at my own relationship. So Brett and I have been married. We're going on twenty years this June, Ooh. which is insane because I'm not old enough to be married for. 
20 years. Well, you have a college student as ins- a child. So. Shh. This is insanity. Insanity. So it just makes me think about how many times we've, we've had conflict and we've just, you know, butted heads and like Brett's intentions are good, but I'm, I come out of it frustrated, but realizing that it's that unmet expectation. It's that expectation that I never communicated exactly. and he's, he's trying in his own way, but it's not, it's not what is speaking to me. So I'll get frustrated about it, but kind of taking that step back, putting the ego to the side and saying, okay, what were your intentions? Yeah. I see that you wanted to try to help. It didn't land, but I'm going to appreciate you anyway. So yeah. no, that's, and I mean, it's just a principle of life. It's like, if, if somebody doesn't do the thing that you wanted them to do the way you want to do it, you got to talk through it give them clear instructions. It's like if you're a boss and you have an employee that doesn't do their job the right way, are you just going to get mad that they didn't do the job right the way? Or are you going to actually show them how yep. to do the job? Yeah. And then, you know, it took you 30 extra minutes that day. But now every time you tell your husband to fold the laundry, they know how to fold it. Do mm-hmm. I know how to fold it? No. He, <laughs> so had to, like, he, he, had to, he had to buy like the little oh, machine. Totally that, like, the, you got a t-shirt I, folder? I, I, no. Well, it's yes. like, like a manual one, like not a, like, like a fancy one or anything. Like, But yeah, it's like the, yep. the board thing and I put it down <gasps> and I fold the things and it flips. Are they so and crisp? I was so, crisp? so excited. Listen, I, so I don't. I don't need to use the thing. I just go <laughs> like this, there and was, my my shirts fold there perfectly. There's so much judgment. Perfectly. But I, like, and I I like watch the the cool you know TikTok videos or Instagram videos or whatever where like guy would like grab the corner in the corner and like twist and pull and oh, flip. Yeah. And it's like I, that's sorcery. Like he's literally like <laughs> he's Chris Angel doing magic tricks. I can on the stage. fold like the shirt like yeah. or just like just shake so it. So what I'm what perfect. I'm hearing is we'll have the affiliate link for the product on Amazon <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> So like the meat masher. The meat masher. If, if you've been great. around the for a while, folder, I used, folder. We we just resorted all of our clothes, and I, I used it like crazy. <laughs> and Sol judged me the entire time, but I stand by it. It was a great purchase. It was like five dollars. Oh hey, awesome. we'll get that in the show notes for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question: What are effective ways to resolve significant arguments in a relationship without things escalating? Uh, talk talk about it like communicate like communication (laughs) i will say talk uh, yes talk about it but calmly yeah 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 you know i think that sometimes we are talking with all of the feelings out you know and that's when you start raising your voice and that's when you start getting very animated and that's when all of this i'm always animated yes i was like yeah but there's different levels of animation (laughs) things but yeah i think that it is about talking about stuff calmly yeah. You know, being able to really look at the stuff for what it is, yeah. because when you are hot headed and you are going into an uh, uh, into this conversation, hot headed, it is yeah. going to be what you are addressing is your feelings. You're not addressing the actual issue. Ooh, I'm sorry. Say it again. You like seriously, like when you are just hot headed, you just you you are addressing your feelings. You are just saying all of these things out of our emotion and what you are really uh talking about is how frustrated and how angry and how this but you're not really talking about the issue mm, itself yeah. that's good so when you are calm when you are able to kind of count to 10 just count to 10 and then be able to actually address the issue yeah. then you will know that there's a thing that in the, that your spouse is not the enemy that it is not about the emotions the emotions aside like however i feel about this it's it's gonna be here for a moment let's actually figure out the issue that it is 
keeps coming up or that yeah. it is making this yeah. relationship struggle. Let's get to the root of that. Yeah. Let's see what is actually happening so so that you can come yeah. up with an answer. What can we do to get better? Yes. Yeah. And I'd rather have that hard conversation any day yes. and get the problem figured out instead of having that same conversation Again. 50 more times. Yes, because like, every just, single time, that, it because every time that you try to talk it. about it, you're just yelling at yep. each other and you yeah. didn't accomplish anything. Yep. Yeah, I think the, the what I would add to that is um, you need to ask yourself in the conversation, am I talking with this person or am I talking at this mm. person? And I think a lot of times we're just talking at each other instead yeah. of with each other. And and that was a hard one for me to learn because um, I, I used words to tear people apart um, growing up. It was not a season of my life I'm very proud of. Uh, but there was a season of my life where I was a little guy. I was always angry. Like my nickname in football was Smiley, and it wasn't because I was always smiling. Um, but like but I was just joy. like it was just <laughs> I was just a very uh, angry little guy. Uh, you know, I don't know Napoleon complex or something. I don't know. But anyways, uh, and so I learned like there I could not win a lot of physical fights, uh, but I could win the verbal one. Mm. Uh, and so I learned, I knew what to say and how to say it in order to cause the most damage to the other person. And I realized that I brought that skill set into marriage. Uh, and that is not a good thing uh, to do. And so I've seen a lot of people and I've, I've counseled a lot of people that they start weaponizing their words and they're coming into the, the argument and they're, they're like, I know if I talk about this, it's going to hurt them because this is a soft area because I've learned what mm. their weaknesses are. God, and now I can, so I can attack the weakness and then I can win the argument yeah. and then I can be the victor. Uh, and you're not, you, you lose that fight yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, just ask yourself in the middle of it, you know, am I still talking with them or am I just talking at them? Yeah. And a lot of times I think we're, we're talking at each other and we're just yelling things and screaming things and just uh, take a step back, calm down. If you need to take a five minute break and be like, Hey, let's, let's cool it off. Uh, give a time frame for it. You know, there's, there's a danger in saying, we're, we're just going to talk about this later when later is a nebulous thing that yes. could yeah. exist in 50 years. Um, instead say, you know what? I think this is getting too heated. Why don't we take 10 minutes and then let's talk about this again or Hey, let's take an hour. Uh, whatever the time frame is, but yeah. give it a time frame and, and say, hey, we need to take a step back because this is getting too heated. We're, we're, we're yelling at each other. We're not really communicating yeah. anymore. Mm. Let's take a break. Let's take a moment. Um, I'm going to go make a cup of coffee. I'm going to go, you know, take the dog for a walk around the block and then I'll be back. And then we'll we'll continue the conversation in a healthier way. Yeah, my mom loved Brent. She loved him. He was uh, her favorite, but she always said, how did he like you? Because he doesn't like anybody. <laughs> he doesn't like anything. <laughs> yeah, so like the whole smiley thing. And like it's true. It's it's true. I have a grouchy face, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. I know nothing of having a grouchy Ooh, face. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry guys. Many conversations about Joni's <sighs> resting face. My my resting face. She's also not good at poker. No, terribly, terribly <laughs> not good at poker. So our, our next question we have is, how should inappropriate social media interactions by a spouse be handled? So, by stopping. By <laughs> Stop stopping. It. Swiftly. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, no, that's not good. Yeah. That's not okay. And if there's anybody listening to this that tries to justify it in any way, I don't care what your justification is. No, just don't. That's bad. There's, there's no world in which that is acceptable. Yeah. There's no world in which that is okay. If your spouse is not, if you're not comfortable showing your spouse 
your social media interactions, your private DMs, the stuff that you've been liking and mm. no, that's yes. you are in the wrong yep. already. Yeah. I'm gonna agree with that one. And and I think that you just you have to be wise. You have to be wise because you might say, Oh, but I I will never cheat. You know, I will it will never cross the line. It will never how do you know? And who sets out? To intentionally exactly yeah. but if you are allowing yourself to start liking some pictures to to yeah. post to to see a picture of, of somebody and say oh you look so pretty and that is not your wife please stop it yeah, nope. like if you are like putting fire emojis on a guy without a shirt stop that like you are playing with fire yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're gonna get burned like we are not we are not um untouchable yeah. You know, we mm. are not superheroes that you can flare with this line and and still be okay. Yeah. So you have to guard yourself with everything that you have. So just just stop it. Like be wise for you, be wise for your family, prioritize the people that are close to you. And and I think that it is just a matter of uh, even respect and honor to God. Like yeah. if you have a commitment to a person, mm. right? I think that God yeah. God wants you to honor that commitment, yep. yeah. you know, and that person might never know. Your spouse might never ever know that you that, that you like somebody's picture, but God knows. So respect yeah. respect and honor God even in your in your social media yeah. platforms. Yeah, I, I, that whole social media world right now is such a dangerous place yes. for for marriages, and I've heard so many horror stories of great marriages that turned to ash because of social media because you know an ex-girlfriend slid into a dm or you know a wife started posting pictures of herself to try and get validation from strangers and from others and it was just man it's a it's a dangerous world i i got mad respect for there's a lot of people out there that do like a combined social media page for husband and wife um we don't we're ours are separate uh, but we have so much transparency that if somebody slides into my dm it's just you're an idiot um but <laughs> can I say that on the podcast? Oh, Is that inappropriate? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but man, I, I do have mad respect for, uh, I've got some pastor friends that like yeah. it's their account and it's always super awkward and super weird because like it's, it's a husband and wife. Like one of them I'm thinking of it's a husband and wife. I've never even met the wife. And so like they'll post things and I'm like, okay, was that him or was that her? Cause I want to be like, Oh, that's really cool, man. But if it's his wife, that's weird. And so it, it puts, a, it's a really weird thing, but I get why they do yeah. it and I yeah. respect it. I think it's, it's smart that you know you're you're like look we're not even gonna play those games yeah like for for me personally my my instagram is private and i have to know 100 percent without a shadow of a doubt that i actually know you <laughs> <laughs> to to say like yes you can follow me because i i don't want to open just though anyone who wants to follow me it's yeah. fine and like you know I'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not that important for other people to want to follow me uh you know so i'm trying to really be careful with that but i will also say watch the things that you are putting out there too yeah. you know because it is not just about who you are commenting on or you know the the likes that you are giving to other people but if half of your pictures are showing cleavage yeah, or you, yourself, you know like or the there. guys with a shirt yeah. and trying to show like the, the guns and all of this stuff uh you are trying to attract uh something that you shouldn't yeah 
You're trying you to know? get something from someone else that you should only be receiving from your spouse. And 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 like I get it. You have a wonderful buddy. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have been working out. It's paying well, thanks, off. Thanks, You know, I've been trying hard with. You all know, the like I I I cannot I cannot say the same thing. Like it's just <laughs> like no, <laughs> no. Uh, but um, just be careful what you're putting out there. You know, like I I I am a very very high on the modesty train. It's like. Wear more clothes. <laughs> like when just, in doubt. Like, listen. Put on more. Like, on listen. More. I have an undershirt and then a shirt and then a sweatshirt and then a jacket. All of it. <laughs> Put it all. You know, I, I am that kind of person. I was. That's how I was raised. And, and that's how I feel more comfortable. So it might even be part of that. But nobody needs to see that much of your skin. You know? Yep. Especially not on social media. And then, and then you wonder, yeah. why are people just saying these things to me on Instagram and why are these random people liking my pictures and then somebody's gonna, you know, start sending you messages and like, hey, I would like to meet you. Like, you might be the one opening the door for those things yeah. to happen. So Ooh. just be very careful with yeah. what you are putting out there as well. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure it feels good, but it doesn't mean Comes it's right. price. Right. Yeah. For sure. Social media, dangerous. Ooh, man. I only go on it when my wife tells me, hey, the church posted something, you need to comment and share it. <laughs> like, okay. Nice. So we have one final question in our category of marriage challenges and conversations. And then it's going to get way more light and fun. And then and it's going to get better. It'll get better from here. Is but it no, really, or are we just going to get harder? We're, we're doing the hard questions up front, and we'll see what happens after. <laughs> so, so they should have brought us like like puppies or something to like have like a Wait, stressor. Puppies? Like we should totally bring any puppies in the in building between, into the podcast. We, we, like, <laughs> our, our new puppy is actually we should totally bring in my puppies office right now. In the office. We, we knew this was going to be a long day, and we didn't want to leave them crated uh, at home all day. So I feel like we need to take a break. And, uh, yeah, Roy, <laughs> puppy break. Roy puppy is break. in my office right now. Aww. So um, our, our last question is, what approaches can be taken when a spouse is uncommunicative or they shut down during a discussion? Ooh, Sol, why don't you take this one? <laughs> I would say... Um, I, I just said that Always, because yes. she is the one that used to shut down in conversation. Yes. I would say for the I, I don't want to say this for the person that it is very good at communicating, okay? Because if you're very good at communicating, you just wanna wanna tell the other person, just speak, right? And it is hard. As somebody that, that knows that my inclination is just to retrieve, to know that 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 I have somebody trying to push me out of that, it is very intimidating. But for if you are the one that tends to get quiet, remember that communicating, even when it is uncomfortable, is good for your marriage. It is good for your relationship. So you sometimes have to do things that you don't enjoy so that yeah. you can have the relationship yeah. that you deserve and that you have always wanted. Yeah. And I feel like you show more love when you are able to communicate and say the truth that when you just keep it in yeah. yeah because sometimes you are just looking at after yourself instead of uh looking at the good of the relationship you wow. know like yeah. i know that it feels better for me to just be quiet yeah. than that for me hard, to say something that wisdom. i know that is going to be uncomfortable yeah. so do i care more about my personal comfort or do i care more about my relationship getting better so Good. if you are the person that is getting quiet, what are you more interested in? Yeah. Being comfortable for 10 minutes or being uncomfortable for 10 minutes and having a great relationship? Mm. Yeah. 
No, I, lo- I love that. I was having a conversation with a fellow pastor uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we came to a theory that the number one, the only real cause of divorce is a failure to communicate. Uh, that every other cause of divorce is just a masking of a failure to communicate. Ooh. So when it is um, a financial cause of divorce, because there's a lot of financial issues cause a lot of divorces. Yep. It's one of the, the high causes. But I think a lot of times because you didn't communicate about the finances, how to handle the finances, you didn't talk about the money. So now you have a money issue. Uh, sex uh, issues were, were a lot, either infidelity or lack of performance yep. or whatever. But I think a lot of times that ties back into a failure to communicate you didn't express your your desires your needs uh and so like all of the like the whole list we were looking at of like causes of divorce it was like yeah but i think that's a communication problem i think that's a communication problem i think that's really a communication problem you know what i think that's a communication problem and it's if you can learn how to communicate with your spouse the odds of you having a healthy amazing marriage that others will want to emulate is going to be sky high that's why I said, you know, that's going to be the dead horse of the podcast. But communicate, communicate, communicate. You've got to learn how to communicate. If you're struggling with how to communicate, go to counseling. Yes. Uh, one of the big tools that a Christian counselor, really any counselor, but I, I prefer a Christian counselor, is going to give you is tools on how to effectively communicate, mm-hmm. how to communicate the right way. When when you express, hey, when you did this, it felt like this to me instead of just saying, hey, you did this to, to hurt me. And look, you don't know motives. So when we're communicating like there's little tricks and tools on how to have healthy communication, uh, you can learn those things in counseling with both of you there together so that it gives a chance for both sides to learn how to communicate the right way. Yes. So go to counseling. Go to counseling. Yeah. All right. Learn how to communicate. Are are we ready to switch topics? Let's do it. All right. Next up, we have relationship dynamics and compatibility. So. Oh yeah, that'll be way more fun. We got we got some <laughs> some questions in here like uh, intercultural relationship challenges, marrying someone of a different faith, dealing with different interpretations of scripture, sharing responsibilities, balancing household duties. So there's there's quite a bit there. Okay. So uh, first up, what are some common challenges in intercultural marriages, and how can they be addressed? So with the both of you two cultures coming together yeah. what does that look like in your relationship yeah that's that's a fun one and some people may not realize it because i think everybody is like yeah soul's mexican brent's american but I, a lot of people are like so so like when did you come to the states and is your family in the states and Soul's like no no no, i moved here when i got married <laughs> like up until the i said i do like i was mexican living and raised in mexico <laughs> that, like my very first time in the united states of america was coming here to get married to brent like I didn't know absolutely anybody. Yeah. Uh, I have seen his parents or his family twice. Yeah. So like I didn't even know his family. Like I didn't know anybody but Brent. Yeah, no, I, I introduced you to your bridal party yeah. uh, the first night that you came into the, <laughs> into the U.S. It was great. It was oh, fantastic. Like, hello, thank you for your service. <laughs> thank, you for your <laughs> thank you for your service. Like, I nice have, to meet like, you. Like I have you. no idea who you are, but thank you for standing with me on the most important Thanks day of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so cultural differences are are very real. Yeah. Um, so how how do we navigate those? So I, I I think that with a lot of grace and patience. Yeah. You know because you do things differently. You uh, were raised differently. You know things that are important for us in 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 Mexico are different than things here. You know, yeah. like for me to understand to even understand the fact that. You have kids, and at 17 years old, they might leave home, 
and actually live in a different state because they're going to college. I'm like, no, they don't have to leave. I'm like, like really? <laughs> like, like, what is like this? Pranking me right now? Like, yeah. what is this? How, how old was your brother before he moved out of the house? I don't even know. He but had like, two kids at the time. He had two kids at a time. Like, you know, so yeah. it is not unheard of for a Mexican family to get married and still live mm-hmm. with with mom and dad. Like, you go to college, but you come back home every single day. Like, you go and do your classes, come back come back home you know so all of that was different like I I come here and lunch is at noon I'm like what what (laughs) like we don't eat lunch until like three or four o'clock in the afternoon and that is a big meal of the day it's not dinner Mm -hmm. so all of that is just different so it took patience it took patience for me to be able to adapt to a new everything yeah because it was new everything yeah you know so it was a lot of uh of grace like i i i am not hungry right now (laughs) but i am hungry (laughs) and it was a lot of times that we had to do a later lunch or an earlier dinner or try to figure it out um there were a lot of times where you know he's trying to to show me different places and and i don't understand what i'm even looking at in the menus and just there's a lot of grace and there's a lot of patience that is required when you're putting two cultures together, um, especially when one culture really is very new to yours, Yeah, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of the work was on soul because she was coming into American culture. I think it would have been different if I was moving to Mexico um, because I, I think that whatever country you're in, that culture is going to kind of overtake and so that doesn't mean that there aren't things that we embrace uh, from from Mexican culture into our home because we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we celebrate certain holidays uh, because of of Seoul's uh, heritage. There's foods that we eat. There's you know, there's ways of of spending time as a family that are are just different. Uh, but I think a lot of it was more on Seoul to adjust and to learn. Mm-hmm. And so what I had to have was a lot of grace and a lot of patience for her. Um, and so I let things kind of go at her speed. And so it's like, okay, if, if, if you, if this is too much, like I'll, I'll adjust and we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, and, and I think that I've got a kind of an easygoing personality. So there was probably, uh, some easier moments because of that, where I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. Like my family always did it this way, but I really don't care about that. Like you, you do it however, whatever way you want to do it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, one of the the interesting cultural things that I had to adjust to, and it honestly it took a while, was uh, Mexican culture. Um, they are. I'm trying to find the right way to say this. We roll together. No, it. y'all are brutal. Oh, like in love, like with people you love, but it's like like brutal verbally. Like the like bullying in the U.S. is how. <laughs> Mexicans in Mexico show like, love, show love to their <laughs> family friends. members. Like it's, like it's, and then like terms will just like you nicknames become descriptors. So like if you have a giant mole on your face, it's like hey moly. Like if you if you're fat, it's like hey fatty. Like and those are like and you don't you don't mean it in like a bad but they're not, way. Yeah, they're not mean. And that that was what was so hard to to learn because like people would just say things. Like I walk into a, a, a restaurant in Mexico, and they're like hey white boy, and I'm just like dude, like that's 
like, yeah, I'm white, but like, why does that have to be the only way you refer to me? Like, what is this? And There's so, like, more on the inside. <laughs> yes, I'm more than just a white guy. Uh, but it's like, it just becomes like, whatever, if you got curly hair, you're El Chino. Like, it just, whatever, it just becomes the, I don't know, the thing. And so there are times when yeah, like. My, my mom used to call me uh, Popotes. Yeah, because her said, legs are she so said, skinny. Because she said that my legs were so skinny, they look like two, like two straws. Two straws. <laughs> Popotes. So. <laughs> You know, yeah. so like when you you hear bullying, yeah. and I'm like, well, my mom calls me worse at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for the love that I receive at school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like your your brother's nickname for a while was El Feo, <laughs> like the, mm -hmm. the ugly one. Like it's just, it is a brutal culture, which has been fun and interesting. Like as our kids fun. are growing up in American culture, and then Souls just like they trip and fall, and Souls just like that's hilarious. <laughs> and I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> just there's some differences there that we've adjusted to. But uh, yeah, cultural differences are very real. And I think what I would what emphasize on this is ours are obvious because we're coming from two different countries. Yes. But everybody has culture. Mm -hmm. Like if you grew up on the north side of Chicago mm -hmm. versus you married somebody from the south side of Chicago, you literally have two different cultures. Uh, even living within the same city or in the same region. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's your culture becomes, well, my mom always did these things. And so I'm expecting my wife to do these things. And your wife is like, my mom didn't do any of those things. Why are you expecting me to do them? And so like just right there, you've got a difference yeah. of culture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, are you going to open the presents for Christmas on Christmas Eve or on Christmas morning? Is it before breakfast or after breakfast? Like all of these little things that you come with a culture for, they come with a culture for. And now you're almost responsible for creating new culture Yep. Uh, within this new family. And so early on, that requires we're right back to it. A lot of communication. You've got to talk these things out. Uh, don't take anything for granted. Don't just assume that because this is what you did, that's how it's going to be now. Like mm -hmm. you need to talk things out. Yeah. And, and I think that with all of that is compromise. Yeah. You know, 100%. Because there's, a, there's a few things that you're just going to have to adopt. Like this is how he can function. So I'm going to adopt that. This is how I function in this specific thing. So you might have to, yeah. uh, to do that. And it has to be a give and take. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like not one person. It, it is not just one culture that is going to be now. Now we're Mexican and everything yeah. is, you know, like that. That's not going to work the same way that if Brent was just like, well, now you live in the States. So now everything is American. I would have probably just gone crazy and like, I don't understand what's happening anymore, yeah. you know? So it is not about stripping yourself completely off of who you are, but having to compromise yeah. and say, okay, I can give on this, yeah. but you're gonna have to give on this other thing. You know, it's, it's a give and take situation. Yeah. yeah. And so when, when Soul's missing her, her culture, we, we have Mexican night. And she has me cook birria and Pozole and enchiladas and all the things that this Irish white guy <laughs> totally knows how to make. They're fire. We make it work. We make it work. So speaking culturally, um, what do you think about people who come from two different faith cultural ba backgrounds? Like you have Christians and Catholics. How can you make a relationship work between a Christian and a Catholic? Do you make a relationship work between a Christian and a Catholic? What does that look like? Yeah, that's, so that's a, it's a tough question. And I, I take point on it because Soul's going to have a different perspective growing up in Mexico where Catholicism in Mexico is a very different thing. 100%. You know, so we, we categorize uh, Catholicism as a form of Christianity. So it's, it's actually kind of funny that the question is posed Christian versus Catholic because in, in most of the world that it's just a form of Christianity. So the question was probably more of like a Protestant and a Catholic. Um, but, uh, 
the the challenge there is going to be how you interpret scripture, how you apply into relationship, how you, how you apply it into following Jesus. What are the things that you do? What church are you going to go to? And so we, you know, we've had a lot of conversation with people that you know their spouse wanted to go to this kind of church, they wanted to go to this kind of church, and they end up at CLC because it's kind of like splits the difference. Um, and so it's their version of compromise. It's like, well, I wanted this, you know, Methodist church, and she wanted this Catholic church, and so we ended up at the non-denominational church. Um, and I, I think that that's really the way it, it has to work is the the communication piece. Again, uh, you got to talk things out. You got to come up with a plan. Okay. Uh, what does raising our kids this way look like? And the, the challenge there, especially if you, if you're dealing with, um, Catholicism versus like a non-denominational background or, or something like that is that there are a lot of traditions built into Catholicism, uh, christening and first communion and, and the first baptism and, and all of these things that the catechism and, and learning all that, like there are like these road marks or road blocks, I guess, I don't know, that have to be navigated. Uh, and, and you really have to decide up front, okay, are we raising our children in Catholicism or are we raising our children in this Protestant mm-hmm. spinoff or, or whatever? Are we going to be, you know, Lutheran? Are we going to be, what are we going to be? And there needs to be a consensus of that early on because it does come into play, you know? So like, um, are you baptizing your, your infant? You know, that's a big conversation that needs to be had that if you're in a non-denominational church, you chances are you don't have to worry about that conversation because right. like at CLC, our policy is the Bible doesn't tell us to baptize children. Baptism was a decision of the believer that's putting their faith in Christ. And last time I checked, infants don't really make a whole lot of decisions, uh, especially not those kind of decisions. And so we don't baptize infants, uh, but the Catholic Church will. Uh, so some, several other denominations will. And so you have to kind of figure out that that moment of, okay, when it comes to raising our kids, when it comes to where we're going to go to church, when it comes to how we're going to process our faith, we, we've got to be in agreement. And that's going to take a lot of conversations and a lot of work. Can it work out? Kind of. What, what usually makes it work is when one person abandons their, their side. Um, and so, you know, can it work where, you know, one person goes to their Catholic church on Sunday and the other person goes to their Protestant church on Sunday? Eh, probably doesn't work very well. Definitely doesn't work long term. It's not a healthy thing. Like family should be growing together because then you come yeah. home from church and you're talking about what the priest talked about there and you're coming home talking about what the pastor talked about there. And it's like there's not a connection point. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, it's a it's a rough scenario. I would say it's not ideal. It probably does tie back into what I said on Sunday about that unequally yoked passage. Uh, yes, it is being applied to believer and non-believer, but I think even within the category of believers, we can still be unequally yoked. Uh, and sometimes that could be because you come from two very uh, conflicting denominations. Mm. There's a lot of denominations that yeah. they roll side by side. It's like, man, the, the differences are so minute that you wouldn't even notice them. And then there's some that are pretty extreme. And I think the Catholic example is, is a pretty good one. If, if, if you're coming from a Catholic background or, you know, um, I don't know, maybe... Uh, I don't know, an orthodoxy uh, tradition. There's going to be a lot of different hoops to jump through. I'm already making faces over here. Because you don't know. I feel it. I feel uh, it rising up do, in do my need soul. To make the distinction. So, so <laughs> in Mexico, and this is going to upset so many people right now, but in Mexico. It's our favorite um, part of the podcast, upsetting people. The, the way that Catholicism has been lived out in Mexico, uh, I, I would feel probably comfortable soul would absolutely be in this camp and she was she lived there so i i defer to her 
Uh, but it is that, are they still Christian at that point? Mm. Um, no. And Sola would say no, no, uh, absolutely not. And that's because she was raised around it, um, around the people talking it, it, it through. And so she, she knows better than I do. Uh, on paper, uh, Catholics, yes, they're still Christian. There are some forms of Catholicism that has turned to idolatry and turned to uh, other things uh, that have elevated certain people above Christ and uh, above, you know, have turned what salvation is. We talk about the absolutes all the time of Scripture, and there's there's some forms of Catholicism that have taken some of those absolutes and adjusted them in a very inappropriate way, I would say. So what I would say yeah. <laughs> to let, this, let us have it. Come on, what soul. I would say to this uh you have two different faiths that you are trying to navigate. Read the Bible. Read the Bible and go to a place that exemplifies what the Bible says. Yeah. Go to a place that is actually going to teach you the Word of God and that is going to show you how to live it out. Because I think that there are a lot of places that can be different faiths that can be close enough <laughs> but if they are asking you to do things or making an intermediary person in between you and God or they're gonna give you a you just have to say this so that your sins can be forgiven every time that you come and tell me first and then I will tell you how many things you have to pray where is that in the Bible yeah so if they are teaching you something even because of tradition, even because of the way interpretation works, even for whatever the, the reason would be, that it is not clearly laid out in the Word of God, that is not the place that you should be at. Yeah. So if you want to be in the right place where your family is going to grow spiritually, you have to be at a place that fully sticks to the book. Yeah. And that's it. It is not about our preferences. It is mm -hmm. not about our our um, way of doing things. What does the Bible actually say? Yeah. Back to the book. Back to the book. Stick to the book. Yeah. It, it can be a very challenging thing to navigate. Uh, and that's that's when you're talking about two Christians. Now, if you take a Christian and a Hindu, Christian and a Buddhist, uh, Christian and a Mormon, Christian and a Muslim. Uh, that just creates a even bigger divide. Um, can those relationships work? Not very well, to be honest, just to be blunt. Um, there's a reason we're told to not be unequally yoked, right? Yep, there's a reason. And, and it really comes down to how seriously do you take your faith? Um, and the more serious you take your faith, the less it will work. If you don't take your, your faith very seriously, you can make anything work. No big deal. If you're like, eh, Jesus is great. I'll read my Bible every once in a while. I'll go to church every, you know, once a year on Easter. Then, yeah, you could probably marry anybody you want and be just fine. But if, if you actually are trying to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I don't see how you can go into a relationship. Now, if you were in that religion and then you got saved and your spouse hasn't yet, Man, I think that you're you're just on a journey now where you're going to be leading them along. Yeah. But if you're if you're a Christian who is dating somebody from a different faith uh, background and you're considering marrying them, don't like it's it it's going to yeah. change how you raise your kids. It's going to change like there are things that they may even say, oh yeah, it's fine, you can take the kids. But then Sunday comes around and they're like, oh, I want to watch the, the the Bears game with my son. Don't take him to church. Leave him here with me. 
uh, and you'll you'll set compromises, um, and it, it's just not a healthy thing to do. So can it work out? Not really. <laughs> Blunt. Sorry, hey. hate it for you. Um, hey, we don't put things back on this podcast. Yeah, but if, but if but if you are already in that relationship, like you are already married. Yep. You know that again. We are not Supersedes saying we are we are not saying yeah. we'll just leave that person. Yeah. Uh, I believe that there is hope and that 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 God can still do something yeah. in your spouse. Um, you know, as you seek him, as as your life is being transformed, as you are showing the character of Jesus at home, yeah. I believe that, that, that God can reach your spouse. So this is not, uh, well, this is not, Pastor Brent said it's not going to work. So see ya. That, that is not, not what, what I said. Say. That so if you just heard me say what it's time to get divorced, saying. that is not that is what I said. not what we're saying That's at all. It. Yeah. All right. So how important is it for spouses to understand and respect their partner's love language. It's very important. It is very important because you can be telling me that you love me, but if you're not speaking my language, I might not hear it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My husband can tell me a million times, I love you, I love you, I love you. But if my house is always a mess, I don't feel loved. I feel like I have told you a million times that I can't navigate a place that is messy. So don't tell me that you love me. If the house is a mess. If your stuff is always everywhere, right? <laughs> so for me, like for me, for, for me, it's act of service. Like that, like I need things happening. I need to feel like somebody is gonna be able to support me. So if you are just coming to me and giving me hugs, that doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, okay, great, <laughs> but yep. no, can I'm, somebody clean up, <laughs> you know? So, I married a woman with the worst love language. I just have to throw that out there. I mean, you know, quality time, we could be laying on the couch, watching a show together, you know, uh, gifts. I could buy you some flowers, some chocolate on the way home. Physical touch, come on now. That's a great one to have. <laughs> I, I'm all for it. Uh, but man, That's because the, that's his love language. He's just like... <laughs> Give me all of the, all of the love. Just, just come, come walk behind me, rub my back for a second, and I know that you love me. Uh, but no, soul wants me to clean the house, and that is that is probably my least love language. And so it's it's actually been very important for us to recognize and understand that. Now, yeah. I get lo anything like like love languages and personality profiles and all that stuff. There's so much room for error, and there's mm -hmm. it's it's variable. You know, yeah. th this is this is not science science, uh, but it is you know it's something that we've we've seen. Um, lived out enough that there's truth to it yeah uh and so if you don't know what your love language is if you don't even know what we're talking about uh with love languages there's seven of them there's books written about it um you'll figure it out it's great uh but yeah i would just say it, it is it is very beneficial to understand not only what your love language is but what their love language is and also there's a distinction between how you give love and how you receive love and so soul's love language as far as uh giving love is uh gifts um, so if, if you get a gift from soul, that is soul's way of saying, I love you. Uh, and so all the time soul's giving gifts, it's random stuff. And it is the second worst love language to have because it's really expensive for Brent. Um, and he always used to say like, you married the wrong person. Like <laughs> yeah. we're not millionaires. Like, <laughs> I'm like, but I just like, calm down. Why did like, you buy eight things? Well, I have eight people I need to give it to. We didn't, you didn't need to do that. They know you love them. It's okay. <laughs> Um, so Christmas and stuff and birthdays. Oh my goodness. It's, it's horrible. Pray for me, please. 
but that's how she gives love. But that's not her receiving language. Like, sure, she loves getting gifts too, but she's she's one hundred percent in the camp of it's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, but if soul, if you want to tell soul you love her, do something for her. You know, put away the dishes, uh, just clean the floor. You know, put in the work, put in the effort. Um, and so for me, I had to learn that lesson because I thought that since I loved it when she walked up behind me and rubbed my back, that she would love that too. So I would walk up to her and I'd hug her and she's like, why are you touching me? <laughs> like, what, what is this? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh, and so it's like, okay. And then I recognize, okay, she gives a lot of gifts. I think that's her love language. So I would get her gifts and I could get her a gift. I could bring her home flowers. But if the house was a mess, the flowers meant absolutely nothing. Or he would like, bring me like a chocolate bar and my kid would be like, can I have it? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you're like, what? That was, that was me <laughs> saying I love you and you just gave it to the kid. Giving his love away. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's so frustrating. Um, <laughs> but uh, as we've uh, matured in our relationship, we're, we're going on 17 years now, um, which I know that there's people listening to the podcast that have been married longer than we've even been alive. Um, but that's kind of the lesson that we've learned is yeah. how how does my spouse receive love is probably more important for me to know than than anything else because yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can be telling her I love her yeah. and, and I've, I've counseled so many couples where they're like he just doesn't love me and he's like I told you yesterday I love you and she's like yeah but you just said it and he's like yeah I said it that's that's I love you what why won't you just accept what I said as truth and it's like yeah but you didn't show me you love me yeah and and yeah. that's the distinction and there's probably a lot of guys that are like me out there that need to learn that lesson and the faster they can mm. learn that lesson the better their marriage is going to be yeah sometimes we're slow all right wow love languages good enough answer that, that was a good enough answer that that felt big so what are the keys to sharing responsibilities and maintaining balance in a relationship Share responsibilities. That's an easy one. Just talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what can you do and how, yeah. what can I do? And yeah. And, and you got to look at your schedule and like what works. Like there's some yeah. things like a lot of times we talk and it's like, uh, so we, we split a lot of like the cooking in the house, but we'll split it based on when I'm going to be home to cook. So it's like, okay, Brent has to take Bennett to soccer because soul still doesn't like to drive. So Brent has to take Bennett to soccer. So I'm not gonna be home to cook. They go to soccer in like sketchy places. Sketchy I'm like, I'm like, this is sketchy. Why do like, you have this your son in soccer in a sketchy place? It's not a sketchy place. It's, it's very sus. Mm-hmm. It's like in and the middle dark. of like uh, Olivet Nazarene University. Like it's not sketchy <laughs> Super at sketch. all. Like, <laughs> like it, like the <laughs> it's in Bourbon A. Like, like it's like a little alley thing, and you, you just anyways. Sus. Yeah. Anyway, um, so like we we'll, we'll balance responsibilities based on schedules, uh, and so like if 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 somebody needs to stay home, usually Soul's more flexible to stay home. I've got more meetings I need to be in, uh, yeah. so like we balance out some stuff like that. Um, she tries to also accommodate like if I'm preaching on Sunday, then like Saturday she's not gonna have like a mountain of things for me to do, uh, yeah. so that I can be preparing and resting for for Sunday, mm-hmm. and vice versa. There, there's times when Soul will be preaching on Sunday, and so. I know I know I'm it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I've got to make sure the kids are taken care of. We've even planned out some things where it's like, okay, I'm going to take the kids out of the house. So you're going to be alone. You'll have time. Uh, But it's communication. I know we've said it a million times, but communicate those things out. Come over the plan. Do the things that you're good at. Let them do the things that they're good at. The stuff that neither of you are good at compromise. And remember that you're a team, you know, and that and then no one task is um, specific to just one person. Right. You know. 
Because I think that that's sometimes it's like, well, I'm never going to be responsible for the laundry. No, like it might be that this week I wasn't able to do it and you can help, you know, like being being in that mentality of we are a team and we can share different things uh, will help. Because then when somebody is not able to do it, the other person can pick it up. It's yeah. no big yeah. deal. That's why I got the yeah. T-shirt folder. So I could, I could help. Exactly. Without getting yelled at. But why can't you fold the T-shirt? It's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many more questions we got? We, we have a couple. So our next one is about romance and intimacy. How do you maintain mm. romance and intimacy beyond the honeymoon phase? By keeping at it. You know, yeah. like just, you just... You just have to do it. You know, you just have to um, still do the little notes. You still have to be intentional. You yeah. still have to go out. You still have to hold hands. You know, the moment that you stop doing the little things that that make you feel like you are together, the easier it's gonna is gonna be to to grow apart, like we were said in, mm -hmm. in one of the other questions. And then the, the moment that your spouse wants to hold your hand, you're gonna be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> You know, but if, but if you continue to to hold hands, if you continue to to uh, build a trust, because I think that building trust also opens you up for a different level of intimacy that is not just physical. Yeah, you know, it is because sometimes we hear intimacy and we just think about sex, mm -hmm. and it is not just right. sex. Like you have to be able to talk about everything. You yeah. have to be able to pour your soul out to your spouse. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I think that that only happens when there's this trust that you have built in. Yeah. So so you need to be able to to do the little things. You need to be able to be present for that other person and be fully present. You know, if yeah. somebody is telling you something, don't be looking at your phone when they are while they are talking. Yeah. Because you can miss so much of what they are trying to tell you. Or it may be like for me, like I know that there's times that I'm trying to talk to, to my husband and if he's on his phone, I'm like, I'll wait for you to, to be done because I'm trying to tell you right. something. And it is not that I'm trying to tell him something super important. It might just be about tomorrow we have to be at the church at this time or wherever. Yeah. But I need full attention so yeah. that I know that you're listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. So all of those little things will help you increase the uh, the level of intimacy that you have with that person yeah. because you, s you feel like that connection is yeah. there. So you have to keep the little things and keep doing the little things and make sure that you have time for just the two of you, even if it's on the couch. I know that a lot of people were saying, you know, like you have to go out and you have to have day night. And, and I am, I believe that all of those things are important, yes. But if your schedule is crazy and right. you are completely exhausted yeah. and you are just trying to figure out when are you gonna cram a date night that feels more like a chore than an actual date night because we have been there that we're just so tired that actually going out is like I have to go out. Do we have to? You know, like like we we, we were supposed to go for lunch and like at, at this point the only thing I want is just be on the couch do nothing. If that's where you are, embrace it. Be on the couch together. Watch something together. Like just yeah. be intentional in taking the moment to really connect, yeah. Yeah. no matter where you are. Yeah, I, I don't remember if this is a Henry Cloudism or if it predates him, but uh, it's the whole intimacy is the into me see, uh, and so it's this vulnerability that uh, intimacy starts with being vulnerable mm -hmm. enough so that they can see into you. They can see. Uh, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, all of that. And intimacy really b belongs or, or begins, I should say, um, you know, with that vulnerability. Uh, and then I'll just add on to that just real quick is that um, sex doesn't start in the bedroom. Uh, 
Uh, and it, it really is find the love language, speak their love language. It, sex may start with you bringing home flowers. It may start with you washing the dishes. Yeah. Uh, it may start with you just sitting there and listening to them talk. Yeah. And sometimes, fellas, a foot rub needs to just be a foot rub. Um, and it just needs to start and stop right there um, yeah. just to create those um, those special moments. Yeah. Um, and then romance, romance happens. I mean, yeah. you have a sex drive. They have a sex drive. Romance is going to happen. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and for, I, I will say the ladies, because I don't know, I don't know, I'm not a guy, so I don't know how they think or how they feel, but, um, I think that sex is definitely important, you know? So, Amen. <laughs> so you cannot just always be tired. You cannot always just be like, let's just wait until tomorrow. Uh, you cannot always say, you know, I have a headache. <laughs> like there's just there has to be that even level like you might not feel like doing anything at the moment but your spouse has needs but but your spouse also has needs so when we talk about compromise that might be one of the things that you have mm -hmm. to compromise today yeah. you know and today you weren't feeling like it but your spouse does yeah so we're gonna do it you know, so and 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 the truth is, like it, it is, it should never feel like a chore. It should never feel like a, oh man, just wherever, right? Like th and that if is it does. You're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, like and th and that is not, <laughs> and that is not what that, that is not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is, that is also important. Like when yes, like all of these other things that we were talking about, there is more than just physical. It's true. We cannot neglect the physical part of it. Yeah. You need both because I, I feel like you have to stay playful as, as, as a married couple. Yeah. You know, you still have to, to be able to say, like, I still like you. Like, I, you know, I don't know, pat their butt or I don't know, whatever. Pat their butt. That's how butt. That, that sounded like, like a, like Good a dog. Game. <laughs> Good game, coach. <laughs> what, what is that? Go get him. Go get him. <laughs> like, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this conversation just got weird. But but you know what I'm trying to get at, Podcast, like like man. like you just, just you just, never know what's gonna happen here. Just make it fun, and, and you get yeah. and you get to that place when you are still yeah. connected, yeah. emotionally yeah. and physically and mentally. Yeah. Like you have to you have to have all of it. Yeah, and and I would just and we got to move on to other questions. But I would just say uh, if sex isn't happening. Uh, there's probably a bigger issue or a different issue that's causing that. Yeah. It's, it's probably not isolated. There's, there's probably a breakdown of trust. There's probably a breakdown of intimacy. There's probably a breakdown of communication. There's, there's a breakdown somewhere that has now created uh, a sex yeah. issue. Yeah. Uh, so figure out what it is. Talk about yeah. it. Yeah. For sure. Communicate. And, and I feel like we've already discussed a lot of these things, but what would you say are some of the foundational elements of a healthy relationship? So we've, we've talked about a number of things, communication, vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I, the compatibility piece for me is, is huge uh, as a foundational piece. And when we talk about compatibility, there's a lot of things that, that need to be compatible. Um, and so it's, you know, it's how opposites do attract and I'm all for it. My wife and I were very different, but we're also very similar. Uh, and it's the similarities that, that really help in those differences. Right. And so like we need to be compatible though, when it comes to faith, uh, we mm -hmm. need to be compatible when it comes to family. Uh, what are the family plans? Uh, I want kids. They don't want kids. That's, that's a bad combination. 
um, uh, when it comes to finances. There needs to be compatibility there of what are we going to do with our finances, what are our goals with it. Uh, there needs to be future compatibility. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if one person is saying, man, I, I've wanted to travel the world my whole life, and the other person's like, I've never left the state, and I don't want to leave the state. Uh, there's some compatibility issues there. So, and there's, there's more to that compatibility piece, but I think that foundations of a healthy marriage, it's built on two people that are actually compatible with each other. And I think a lot of people go into a dating relationship based on, uh, the physical. It's like, they're pretty. Uh, I would like to, you know, make my lips play with their lips. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, and so, um, <laughs> see, we're putting different. So, 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 so we're putting butts and we are playing lips. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll great advice keep, for giving. I was trying to keep it PG, yeah, no. but you know, still what, give what, people what, an understanding. What did Joe Monkey say? I want you to suck my lips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to suck lips off your face. Suck the lips off your face. Yes. Thank you, Joe McGee, for that. I think that I like the play lips. Beautiful description. Yes. But yeah, but I think that a lot of times we we go into a relationship based on just the looks. And we're really not compatible with each other. And so that that's a it's a dangerous place. But as far as foundations of healthy marriage, yeah, we talked about the communication piece and all that. But and man, making sure that there is compatibility right at the foundation level, because that gives you the foundation to build off of. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, so faith, uh, family, fun, future. And I think we always had a fifth F that we used to coach people on. What was the fifth one? Do you remember? Finances, faith, family, future, fun. Fun. It was fun. You need to have some compatibility fun. and fun. So, like, it, it's so sad, but the first connection point Sol and I had was The Simpsons. Uh, it was my favorite show. It was her favorite show. We would literally just be sitting there, like, randomly dropping quotes from Entire The Simpsons. Entire conversation and Simpsons whole quotes. Yeah, whole conversation, just Beautiful. Simpsons quotes without having to explain anything. Mm -hmm. And it was just... You know, Beautiful. it was it was fantastic, but you need to have the you know compatibility mm -hmm. in those five the five Fs. Yeah, all right. And I think that every good relationship, um, it's built on people who know how to forgive. Yeah. And how to compromise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it is not always my way yes. or the high or the highway, but when we can see the needs of the other person, and compromise when when it's possible, and when we can. Um, take their fault and be able to forgive quickly, I think that you will have a good relationship because you are trying to serve the other person because you're not holding grudges on the other yeah. person. Uh, I think that that will take you a long way. Yeah, I love it. All right, and our, our last question to kind of tie us up today um, could be really connected to all 25 or we, we did just, not. We're just killing it? We, we did not. Can, can so we, we go to all have, 25 or we, we got still time? have. Are we like so far off that we need to just do some like social media things? Yes. So okay. we will we will be getting these questions answered this week. Okay. We will have some information in the show notes on how you can get <laughs> those answers to those we, questions. We, we talk too much, so because we still have I ten questions do. remaining, meaning Holy we've cow. worked through fifteen of our questions. We only got so. <laughs> it's your fault. It is. It's my fault. I ramble. Our final question. So this this can throw into next week is premarital counseling recommended for engaged couples? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Simple. Uh, not even recommended, like required. Um, and so like if if you're asking someone at CLC to do your wedding or you're asking to use CLC for your wedding, premarital counseling is a prerequisite. Mm. Uh, like we will not do the wedding if you haven't gone through premarital because uh, premarital counseling saves our marital counseling department from having a lot of very hard conversations mm -hmm. with people because yeah. They there's problems and there's issues and there's compatibility things that will be figured out yeah. in premarital counseling. 
Uh, and you know, most people that go through premarital counseling still go through with the wedding. Like, I'm not saying that like, it's like, it's the deal breaker, but they isn't then that go, our, isn't that our betting system? <laughs> right. But it, it's, it's like they, they learn some things about the, their yeah. soon to be spouse that then when they're in the marriage, it's, they're not blindsided. Yep. They're not surprised. It's and they've been success. given the instructions, the tools of, Hey, yeah. figure these things out here's how you can talk through them. And so like there, there's been a lot of premarital counseling people that have have come in and it's like, man, there were some things that I had no idea I should even ask. And we're sitting there looking at them like, how did you, you've been dating for two years. How did you never ask them if they wanted to have kids or not? Like, that's not a question you want to find out after the wedding. That's a, that's a question you need to find the answers to beforehand. And so, yeah, uh, yeah, premarital counseling, not just uh, recommended, I would say required. Uh, And if you're getting married at CLC, it is literally required. And it will it will say it will save you a headache in the the future, you know, and just look at it not as um, as another thing that you have to do. Yeah. But look at it as an investment yes. in yeah. your future marriage, yep. because you are you are finding out things like Brent said, you know, about your your soon to be spouse. You are finding out like maybe even things from their past, things that they have maybe never even considered talking about, but that now they are kind of out in the air. Then you can have further conversations mm-hmm. to figure it out. How will we navigate this? You know, uh, the amount of people that have said, "Oh, I wish I would have known." about this before I got married or why nobody told me that this was going to happen in marriage is probably because you didn't have somebody guide you in the process of engagement. So use this time to invest in that relationship so that you can start well equipped for a successful marriage. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and then maybe I'm not even the person responsible for this, but maybe someone can throw in the show notes uh, the link to for the Entwined. For Entwined. Yeah. So Some they stuff start. happening in February. Yeah, it's yes. like February 16th, yeah. 18th, 14th, 12th, yes. 11th. We'll get a link in soon. the show notes. It's very soon. It's in February. It's, 2024. it's two weeks from the airing of this uh, podcast at some point in that <laughs> In that vicinity. But it's uh, www.clc.tv forward slash counseling. And on that page is information of how to get in touch with counseling, but also some stuff specifically about Entwined. Yes. So that's what you're looking for, premarital counseling. And they say it's for uh, those are seriously dating or already engaged. Uh, And so you don't actually have to have sat down and said, will you marry me in order to go to Entwined? It's actually something that they recommend even even before that step uh, can be very beneficial. Beautiful. So if you're seriously dating or you're engaged, Entwined is for you. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that information in the show notes for you. But that wraps us up for today. Can't so believe we only got through 15. I, I know we only got through 15 Man, of our questions. Fail. They were so good, though. Fail. So good. No fail. No fail. We had some good conversations today, and hopefully we were able to equip you at home with some awesome things as you navigate your own relationships. But we will get those other questions answered this week. Information on that will be in the show notes for you. But thanks for joining us today for Between Sermons. That's fun. So we're looking forward to the next couple weeks where we get to talk with the counseling department. We get to talk with a panel of singles. So these next couple podcast episodes will be following along those same lines as well. So we look forward to seeing you very soon and have a great rest of your week.